What up, what up, party people, and happy Thursday. As always, it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. And I've been working on a project nonstop this past month that has been taking a lot of my time and is teaching me so many lessons. I realized that when you set your mind towards achieving a goal to the point that you fear more so the consequences of not achieving the goal than the workload ahead, you realize your success is inevitable. And what I mean here is I have legit felt like there's a cloud of possible regret chasing me if I don't level up and take my life and business to the next level. And it has been an exhilarating experience because on the other side of that cloud of regret is this image of what I want to be in my life, the people I want to surround myself with, and the person I want to become. I've only had glimpses of this level of focus prior in my life, and I guess my point here is to let you know that if you haven't found that thing that inspires you enough to break through walls, trust me, you will. You just need to stay plugged in and keep exploring possible passions till you find one that you just can't help but build. I believe there's a passion for everyone out there and just some people just haven't found it yet. But if you're not actively doing the things to open yourself up to the opportunities to explore new passions, you're never gonna find them. And I am super fired up to present today's podcast because it's an absolute unreal story of how a poor refugee child from the war-stricken country Iran came to America and is living the ultimate American dream. Last year, Dr. Saman Bakhtiar also known as Sam, made over $54 million in revenue, which is obviously impressive, but what blew my mind was how laid back and down to earth he was. Sam is the co-founder of the Camp Transformation Center, a fitness franchising business and the CEO of 1% Nutrition, a supplement and nutrition company. To give you an idea of where Sam came from, in 2009, his house was in foreclosure, his ex-wife was then pregnant with their first child, and while at the verge of brokenness, his idea of Camp Transformation Center was born with his business partners. Currently, the Camp Transformation Center is a multi-million dollar franchise with close to 110 branches all over the U.S. I joined Sam at his house in California to pick his brain on what the come up was like and the valuable lessons he learned along the way. We recorded this podcast in his garage, which featured just about every exotic car that you can imagine. And although the cars were super dope, I ended up getting a lot more value in listening to his words and am deeply grateful to have made a friend in the process. This podcast comes with the lesson to reach out to more people because you never know who is willing to help until you try opening that door. In this episode, we discuss the thought process when trying to franchise a business, pulling yourself out of a hole both financially and spiritually, building your brand in a way that scales, and how having children brings about a whole new level of personal growth. As always, you can watch this podcast with Sam and I live from his house on YouTube. And without further ado, episode 78 with Sam Bakhtiar. Let's jump into it. Live, Sam Bakhtiar in the house. How you doing, man? What's up, brother? How are you? Living the dream, and I can see you are too out here. All your inspiration on Instagram. You're always making moves. You're always leading by example. You seems like you don't stop. You have to, man. You know, you only live one life. I mean, why stop? Why be, you know, why stay still? Why sleep? <laughs> if I could, if I could, if I could hack sleep, I would. Do you, when you say hack sleep, do you try to just improvise and effectively just generate the best lifestyle possible by using your time efficiently as possible? Yes. I think that time is our most precious commodity. We all agree to that. Right. And, um, let me ask you a question regarding that. Do you see anyone 
you know, walking down the street and just throwing money away. Involuntarily, yes, but not straight cash throwing on the table. Right. It's just throwing, you know, so you don't see too many people just walk around, just throw money away out of their pocket, right? Just throwing out of money. So let me ask you another question. Which is more important, time or money? Time. Okay. Then why do we see everyone waste our time? Maybe because they don't know how valuable it is. A lot of people still know it's valuable, but they still don't optimize time. And to me, time is everything. You know, one thing is certain, you're born at a certain time and you will die at a certain time. It's what you get done in that amount of time that matters the most. So once you understand the importance of time, how precious it is, and how you can use it to catapult yourself, you don't go around. You're going you're gonna to treat it like it's hard-earned money. That's what everyone says because they get it. They get to the top of the pyramid. They have all the toys. They have all the, the possessions that maybe they thought that would make them happy. And then once they get there, I think it was Naval said, the co-founder of Angelus, he said this on Joe Rogan's podcast. He said that you need to get wealthy so that you can find out that that's not the answer. So true. You know, they always say, you know, money isn't everything. When they used to send me that, well, I said, let me find out for myself. And they're, they're right. You know, money's definitely not everything. You know, it just solves a lot of your, you know, your stresses and, and you know, and headaches. And that doesn't solve everything. You know, just because you're a millionaire or a billionaire doesn't mean you don't have problems. You just have different kind of problems. You know, no, you don't have a problem that, oh, my God, you know, my rent is due. I can't pay my credit card. But you don't have those kind of problems. But you do have different bigger problems than that <laughs> yeah so let's just take this back i know our time's limited today and i want to understand you've built this empire of this the fitness brand the community so that's you're all about this transformation word that must be your word well yeah i mean for me it started with myself you know i came to this great country when i was 11 years old you know coming to a little town called sharon pennsylvania and um i didn't know the language you know, I looked different than anybody else. My clothes were different, you know, and um, I had to transform myself. I had to become a different person. You know, they didn't have my own, um, you know, my uh, sport that I loved the most, which was football, the real football, not American football, you know, and I didn't know what to do. That was my whole entire life based upon that until that time. So I tried out for the basketball team. I got cut from the basketball team. And then I discovered weightlifting. I love what not only it did for me on the outside, but what it did for me on the inside, my self-esteem, my self-worth, the way I carried myself, the way that I started believing in myself. And, you know, life is all about transformation. It's all about evolving. You know, I would say, you know what, evolve or perish, evolve or dissolve. I mean, you always got to reinvent the wheel, reinvent yourself and become a better version of yourself. So that's why when I created the Camp Transformation Center, I didn't call it the Camp Boot Camp. I didn't call it the Camp Personal Training. I didn't call it the Camp Pilates. Because remember, the methodology of exercise changes. But the only thing that remains constant is the fact that you and I and everybody else in the human race we are born to become great. We're born to to explore and 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 move the needle forward. We put the man on the moon, not the dogs. We invented a plane, 
not the cats. We invented an automobile and we invented everything else. No other species have done that. So God has created us to be different and to be able to transform and become better. And I always laugh when somebody said, well, you changed. Of course, idiot. <laughs> I'm supposed to change. That's what God wants me to change. I mean, God has created me to, to evolve and change. I'm not supposed to be the same person I was last year or a year before, not even yesterday. So if you are not doing that, if you're not evolving, then you are disrespecting God, in my opinion. What was that first experience opening up the first camp? Was that like, did you have to take out a loan for it? You just put all the chips on the table. And then like, what was that next one, two or three camps before it spread out? Well, the camp started because I was in a desperate place. You know, my personal training, which I did really well between 2000 and 2008, was doing really well until the recession hit. Nobody could afford $600 a month or $800 a month for personal training. So I was struggling trying to figure out how to be able to still be in business. And so we came up with, a, you know, the boot camp concept, the, uh, the group training concept, where now we can have one trainer and have multiple clients, therefore decreasing the cost for the client. You know, now instead of, you know, they were paying eight, six, $800 a month, now they're paying $100 a month. But there was like, you know, 10, 15, 20 people in, a, in the session. And what I didn't realize that not only did it affect, you know, the, the fact that we can sign up more people. It also was a better business model because with personal training, as you increased clientele, your expensive went up, your payroll went up because you had to have one personal trainer with one client, one personal trainer with one client. But with the boot camp, our payroll remained the same, but our revenue kept going up. And the beauty of what I didn't know about was the fact that um, with that model, people got better results. People stayed longer. And um, they were happier. And you could just see it in their faces and, and the way they acted. They were just leaving place. They were leaving the camps just stoked. Yeah, with personal training, if you ever observe personal training, no matter how good someone is or whatever, after a while, you develop a personal relationship with the personal trainer. Right. Next thing you know, there's more of this and less of working out, more talk, less work. And next thing you know, is this all, I call it a therapy session. You know, all you do is talk and you're like, oh, my God, man, I got to go do this another hour of me listening to this person or talking to this person. With group training, you don't have that. Everybody's talking. There's limited time and everybody needs to move. And you definitely work out harder. Too Absolutely. Group. 100%. Com competition kicks in. Absolutely. What was the biggest challenge on the come up of, of building this this little, this not little, this this empire of these transformation camps? Like, What did you not see coming that was just might have almost stopped you in your tracks? A lot of things, man. I mean, you know, um, you know, at first was, you know, how to be able to scale, you know, going from one location to location, you can, you can do that one location to two locations, three locations. You can get by doing that, not as well, but on the fourth location, man, you gotta have systems. You gotta have procedures. You have to have SOPs, which is called standard operating procedures. So that I didn't know cause I never had never skilled. It, you know, and scalability is everything. So if I had to go back, I would look at it as not just, oh, I'm going to have one location. Can I repeat this and have the same results all the time? Is this a repeatable business? Absolutely. Because if it's not repeatable, it's not scalable. Were you repeatable at that third and fourth store? Did you feel like you had true repeatability at that point? Not really. 
not really you know but we 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 kept going we kept going and you know and even today you know systems they can always get better we have 120 locations you know we're still constantly improving systems and 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 try to be more efficient and trying to get everything more dialed in you know it's a never ending process was it hard for you to give up control of the systems and outsourcing and building out that team it wasn't you know because i knew what i was good at and i knew what i sucked at and it's very important for all the entrepreneurs to understand that and know that a lot of people say well work on your weaknesses and get that you know what no you work on your strengths and what you love to do and what you're good at and then outsource your weaknesses or partner up for your weaknesses for me day-to-day operations has never been my forte i don't have the patience for it i don't like it and um it's not where i'm happy at i like marketing i like sales i like joint ventures i like the big ideas and um so you know, my partner does all the day-to-day operations. And God bless her. She's great at it, you know, a lot better than I do. And I wouldn't be able to do what I do without her. You guys feel like you're a dream team? Absolutely. She's good at what she's at. And she doesn't know what I, you know, she's not good at what I do and, and vice versa. So, you know, we come together and win, win ball games. You can't play every position. You can try, but. You're not going to be, you're not going to win. Right. What fills your cup up these days? You know, when you look at your life, you seem to have it all. I, I'm, we're, we're chilling in your garage right now. This is straight out of a magazine right now and i'm enjoying it and just everywhere you live to to the people you work with just good people you seem like you surround yourself with good people and you must be a good reader of energy and just overall values to be able to build what you've built thank you man i mean at the end of the day this is something that it didn't come to me till later you know when i was broke when you know i was getting foreclosure notices on the house or i was bankrupt or where where the creditors were calling me I couldn't think about fulfillment. You know, I, you know, I didn't know what that word meant. I didn't know what that word meant, just giving yourself selfishly to people, you know, selflessly to people. Um, and um, everybody said, well, yeah, fulfillment, fulfillment, you know, make your heart happy. I'm like, dude, I can't think about fulfillment because I'm drowning. How old were you? Not too long ago. I mean, when I was, I mean, you know, I, you know, I was broke most of my life. I started making money from 2000 to 2008. When I mean money is making 10 to 20 grand a month. At the time, I thought it was money. You know what I mean? And, you know, I was just, you know, a young kid, you know, graduated and now making 10 to 20. Coming from, I come from Sharon, PA, which. It's still amazing. I mean, a lot of people would love that. Yeah. I mean, there's different levels on it, right? You know, um, I was making 20 grand a month and I bought my first Ferrari (laughs) and, and my payment was five grand a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm going you like, sent it though. Yeah, I was, I was like, what the hell? That was always my car, the dream car, like a Ferrari, right? I'm like, what the hell was I taking? 25% of my income was going to my car payment, you know? And that was so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. You know, you, you know, you do dumb things, you know what I mean? Um, but these days, what really, you know, helps me, you know, is to help people to fulfill, to be fulfillment. Tony Robbins says that, you know, success uh, without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And I never understand that until I became successful. And what I mean by success, you know, in a, in, a, in a money kind of way, in a monetary kind of way, is that once you have a house that's paid for, your cars that are paid for, you know, you know, you know, you can cover your bills and your expenses easily. Then everything over that is kind of a waste. You know, I mean, yes, you know, do I want to make more money? Yes. But am I going to, do I want to make more money at the expense of losing time? No, not at all. 
So I would never do that. Back in the day, I don't care how, what I had to do. You know, I would, I would go work 70, 80 hours a day because I had to make things work. But now with, with, with what I have now, if I get a $100 million check tomorrow, guess what I'm going to do tomorrow? Same thing. Same thing. Same thing that I'm doing. What do I want to do? Do I want to get a bigger house? need a bigger house there's rooms here that i haven't been into yeah you're i went to your bathroom and i felt like i was in spacex i've never <laughs> seen a bathroom like that <laughs> you know uh, so now it comes a point in your life and you look back and like what do i want to do what do i want to how will i measure my life and for me it's my family is what the memories that i remain for my children and my wife and also other people what impact am i going to make for other people you know, and that's what's really fulfilling for me today. And this is really fulfilling to the audience because there's so many entrepreneurs that are so hard locked into the to the day-to-day actions of building their own businesses. And sometimes they lose focus on what really matters, whether that be family, whether that be smelling the roses and just enjoying life. Well, I got my theory on that, you know, and my theory is this. If you really, really, truly learn how to manage your time, and be super productive. Then you can give time to your family and not feel guilty about it. You don't have to work 24-7 around the clock. The reason you work 24-7 around the clock is because you're not getting shit done the other eight hours or whatever hours that you work. But if you really, really focus on some focus time, you can get so much done in an hour. You know, and a lot of people are distracted. They're not really sitting down and focused. They're either on the phone, Instagram, text, you know, Snapchat, all that kind of stuff. They're all, you know, so there was something that's supposed to take an hour, take six hours, and then they can't go, they feel guilty, you know, spending time with their family or their loved ones because they really didn't get anything done. That's true. We live in a world, though, that is full of distractions. So getting those priorities straight is a, a beast in itself. Well, it's, it's discipline, right? And believe me, I, I'm going to go on the record and say, Checking your phone is probably harder to give up than crack. You know, I, I, I see it all the time. I mean, I mean, have you ever just kicked back and people watch on the mall or anywhere? I go anywhere, go to restaurants. Look, I'm like, I'm like, let me see how how many minutes goes by with this person checking. Oh, his we're phone. addicted. It's part of our DNA. It's yes, dopamine. Like, Every time we see it, it's a dopamine rush. You know what I mean? But you have to be aware of that. You have to control it. Look, you're in control of your life. You can't react to everything. You have to be proactive to your life. And I mean, I love the fact that I can just put the phone away for two days and just be with my kids. That's okay. That's pure joy. To, to, you know, to me, the ultimate form of success for me, I always said this, and I said on a rec- this on a record before, said, you know, one day when I really truly make it, I'll just have a flip phone. And I will just, it'll be off all the time. The only time is I turn it on is when I turn it on and I want to call someone. Now, that's freedom. The freedom that, to be present. The freedom that, to be nowhere else. Be in front of someone and giving them 100% of their attention. And understand and really listen to them. No, it doesn't happen much these days. And to be able to build those connections that you can make 10 calls a week and still get the same amount of work done you did over making 100. Absolutely. It's real interesting. If you could go back and talk to, you know, the young Sam who's in debt, he's making it day by day, he's struggling, he's doubting himself, 
I don't know if you were doubting yourself back I was, then. of course I was. But if you could go back and, and talk to him and say one, two, or three things that, you know, could have saved you a ton of time, money, headache, heartache, and, you know, it can't be, you know, I wouldn't have told him nothing because that would have made me who I am today, though it is a good answer. What would some of those things that you would say to him? First, man, you know, you know, you change your proximity. You know, I was hanging around the wrong crowd. I was hanging around people with no ambition. I was hanging around people who were playing the wrong game. And that cost me a lot of years of my life. You know, I would say that if I would have started in my early 20s to surround myself with the right people and done personal development and got mentoring, which is the second one, got mentorship, I would have probably been a billionaire, not a millionaire. You know, so that's what I regret going back because I didn't have the right coaching, the right support, the right standards. You know, the, the, the third one, I would say, you know, kind of just raise your standards in life. You know, demand more out of yourself. Demand more out of people around you. That doesn't mean you got to be a dick because at one time I was a dick. I'm going to go on a record and say I was just a big dick. Because I, I, didn't, I didn't understand why people's standards were lower than mine. And I thought everybody should have high standards. But as a leader, you know, you don't put people down. You lift people up. You empower people. And not that I was doing it on purpose. I was trying to motivate them. I was doing the locker room talk all the time. You know, because I was always in, you know, I'm a sports guy, you know, so we were getting there and F this and F that was a locker room. I thought this was well motivating, but some people are not. Some people, you got to give them a lot of love, a lot of attention and, and, and you got to nurture them and just show them the vision, show them what they can become if they raise their standard and demand better for themselves. You still play football? I don't play football anymore. My daughter does. Do you coach? I do coach. You probably love coaching. You know, I love it, man. You know, I love it. You know, my coaching style has changed. You know, like I said, I was a lot more hardcore when I was younger, man. You know, it was like, you know, I demanded so much. And now I learn as a good coach, anybody can you know, murder someone. <laughs> you know, and now you, how, how can you progress them? How, you, how can you progress them without murdering them, without killing their spirit? And that's that comes with age wisdom. It's interesting that athletes sometimes make the greatest CEOs or company owners because they do have that discipline to go to the gym and clock in those hours and, and put in what needs to get done because that scheduling aspect seems like huge and just feeding your brain the right information and the nutrition both you know mentally spiritually filling up the cup every single day once you develop what I call the discipline muscles then you can use those muscles in different areas of your life what are the what are the core discipline muscles features would you say I think one of the most important features of discipline muscles is, first of all, knowing and being crystal clear of what you want out of life. You know, if you're not, you know, you can set all these goals and all these time management, but you can be totally playing the wrong game. You know, you got to be crystal clear of exactly what you want out of life. You know, when, once I became crystal clear of what I want out of my life, what I want to get out of my life, then decision making becomes really easy. So you're talking, taking enough with the goals, think about where you want to be 20, 30 years in every aspect. I mean, are you, are you talking brainstorming every little, little tiny detail? You know, you don't want to, you, you don't want to overwhelm yourself. You know, 
here's what I, when I became crystal clear, let me, let me give an example. Um, I sat down with myself, you know, at a point in my life when I was divorced, I was living in a hotel, which was six years ago. You know, I, I was just got done being broke because of the recession. And I lived, you know, I lived in this cheap hotel for four months. You know, every night I cried. I'm like, man, I lost my family. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I said, well, what do I want my life to be? How do I life? I mean, what do I need to do? What are activities that I need to do, concentrate on to take my life to the next level? So I said, what are my top priorities? Well, my top priority has always been to spend as much time with my children. If I'm not spending time with my children, whether they're at work or, you know, it's not my weekend or whatever, then it's to provide for my children. How old are they? I have three now. I have 10 and six and a seven month old. Did everything change when you had your kids? Absolutely. You just can't describe it. It's just one of those things that if you don't have kids, you just don't know. You know, I, I wholeheartedly believe that you are not a man until you have kids. Because before kids, I was the most selfish, self-centered bastard in the world. I was the only child. I was a bodybuilder, which is the most selfish sport. It's all total, about total hard it's, a, it's all about when you train, when you eat, when you sleep, when you tan, when you pose. I was a bodybuilder, and I got out of college, started making pretty decent money. You know, it was all about my cars, my clothes, my watch. You know, my swagger. You know, and once the kids came. Dude, I didn't give a fuck about none of that. All I cared about is this person that I'm holding in my hand right now cannot take care of itself, didn't ask to be here. And now I got to make sure not only I set this person up and give them, give this person the right tool, but be able to guide them to be a functioning member of the society. Your whole demeanor changes. Absolutely. I remember right away, as soon as I saw the ultrasound picture, you know, I sold my bikes, my motorcycles. Got life insurance, <laughs> you know, and started a five two nine account and 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 a, and, a, and a college fund for them right away, you know, and, and the, you know these, you know, the girls now I'm looking at their account the other day, they got more money than I, when I was in my thirties, you know, they got more money than when I'm like, by far, I mean, not by my little by landslide, you know, they're ten and six, you know, so you know you be you I went from this selfish person to this totally selfless person. Everything that if I lose a dime or if somebody, you know, I don't know, I feel like ripped me off for a dollar or something like that, you know, I get pissed because I'm like, wait, that's not my money. That's my kid's money. So if you ain't ready to go have a kid and get this responsibility, maybe you should start with a husky. Dude, I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's the same at that point. You know, the responsibility of taking care of somebody is one thing. Right. You know, husky, you don't have to send to college. The husky is going to take care of himself when you die. You know, or go to the pound. You know, the husky is not going to get to get your inheritance or life insurance. You see what I mean when that yeah, time comes. Yeah, hundred percent. You see, I mean, everybody tells you, everybody tells you that. I mean, the way you speak. I mean, you got this calm. This you're able to just be so impactful with your words in such a chill, direct way. It's it, clearly you've done a ton of personal development. You know, I've tried. You know, I mean, I wish I would have started in my twenties. I didn't start till I was thirty-five and forty-six now. You know, up until 35, I was bodybuilding and I was, you know, taking a bunch of steroids, you know, getting on stages, caring about what people think about me, thinking about how my body looks all the time, you know, what kind of clothes I send, you know, what kind of clothes I wear, car Priorities I pull up to the club. completely changed. I'm like, dude, like I got 
you know, I don't, you know, everybody asks me what's my favorite car now. And I'm like, my Infiniti SUV. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, bro, it's comfortable. I don't have to worry about where I park it. I don't have to worry about going on a curve. You know, I just become simplified. I see, I see the bigger picture now. You know what I mean? Yeah. This stuff you see was when I was broke. I'm like, once I make it, I, you know, I'm going to get my Ferrari again. Or once I make it, I'm going to get my Lambo. It doesn't matter, man. It doesn't really matter. If that's what you want, that's your goal, I'm not, go get it. Right. That was one of my goals. But don't think that that's going to make you happy. Because if you're not happy with a thousand bucks, you're not going to be happy with a million bucks. Well, like you said, you know, you just wanted to get to that 10 to 20 mark when you're out of, you know, when you're broke, that changes everything. But once you get there, every level, you end up leveling up to an entire new playing field. Every level has a new devil, but every level also has just new, new angels at the same time. Well, I mean, look, if somebody comes in and says, look, I will give you a billion dollars, mm. but then you're not going to see your kids for five years. Yeah, you can't do that. I can't do that. You'll be in like a prison sort of. I can't do that. I don't care for an amount of money. I'm not going to do that. I'm just, there's nothing, you know what I mean? Well, some people, well, I'll do it for five years. No, no. You don't ever get that time back. You know what I mean? So everything that I look at if, when it comes to things, you know, is, okay, is the money worth the time? You know, is this thing that I'm doing the highest and the best use of my time? And if it's not, if there's a higher higher use for my time then i'm going to choose a higher task and to the listeners that are listening right now that everyone's got a busy day there's a majillion things that they can be listening to if you're listening to sam speak right now you are prioritizing your time to try to build yourself and link yourself was it personal development a key just feeding your brain good stuff huge for you absolutely i mean absolutely i mean i don't get it when somebody says they want to be successful but yet to watch Netflix or TV for two, three, four hours a day. I don't get, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. You know, even right now, you know, I switch from when I work out, listen to music, just listen to audiobooks. For For years, I struggled with that. For years, I was like, no, I need music. I need music. I need something to pump me up. I need something to pump me up. And then after listening to Dr. Dre, Tupac, The Weeknd for a millionth time, you know, I'm like, dude, like, am I, you know, I'm, what the hell? This song is not going to do anything for my life. So I'd rather listen to an audio book and at least get, grab a nugget or two when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm working out and be a better person, you know, and, yeah. you know, that, and that's what I do now. You got to maximize your time. Like I said, there's nothing more precious than that. So I want to make sure every single, every minute that I'm awake, I'm doing the things that's going to get me closer to my goal. Well, there's people right now that are right on the edge of jumping into entrepreneurship for that first time. Maybe they're like you about to start your first camp. They're nervous. They're anxious. They have this idea, but an idea without execution is basically not real. What would you say to that person that's right on the cusp of making that jump and taking out that loan or whatever it is to, to make it a reality? Well, first of all, you have to understand, you know, entrepreneur, you know, I remember about 15 years ago, one of my friends that are really good friends with now, but I didn't know him then. He came to my gym. He wanted to sign up for personal training. And I said, all right, man, great, man. We signed, I signed him up. His name is Dan Charlier. I signed, signed him up. I said, what do you do? He goes, I'm an entrepreneur. Go, look at him. I said, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I was like, you know, and then, you know, you know, 15 years ago, nobody said I'm an entrepreneur. But now, like, everybody and their mother's an entrepreneur. I got people approach me, little kids approach me. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur because I'll glorify it. 
you know, and if you are on a cusp of becoming an entrepreneur, understand that entrepreneurship is not a glorified occupation. Is entrepreneur, you can work for someone from nine to five, or you can work for yourself nine to nine, 24 seven, you know, and entrepreneurship is going to have a risk. It's going to have sleepless nights. It's going to come with ulcers. It's going to come with panic attacks. It's going to come with failed relationships. It's going to come from maybe risking your house when you're going on foreclosure, maybe go bankrupt. Because everything that I've described, I've been through because of entrepreneurship. But the reward, if you do it right, is limitless. And to me, that was make entrepreneurship so worth it because I don't want to live a life and have a glass ceiling. I don't want to live a life and say, no matter what I do, this is all I can get. If that's the case, then I might as well go to a communist country or a socialist country where everybody is equal. And no matter how hard you work, you make the same amount, you make the same thing, you're the same person. I came to America to be rewarded for my work. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And I mean whatever it takes. See, here's what people don't understand. A lot of people want success. A lot of people want entrepreneurship. A lot of people want the nice things. A lot of people want a good life. But they're not willing to pay the price. I'm a firm believer that you can be anything you want. As long as you're willing to pay the price. And willing to pay the price day in, day out. You know, nobody wants to do that. A lot of people want to talk. And I hate that. It seems like there's a big paradigm shift when you become comfortable with the idea of failing still being progression and not letting failures crush you, but looking them at lessons. So true. You know what I'm saying? Of course I know. So true. You know, when people ask me, what is your secret to success? I say I'm failure. <laughs> I mean, so, so cliche. It's failure. I've learned so much from my failure. And now every time there's a failure, Every time that I have a setback, I just laugh. I'm like, there is something that I need to learn from this. This is good. This is really, really good. You know, and um, and now I embrace it. I'm like that, you know, MMA fighter when he gets clocked in the face and he shakes it off and laughs. Like, yeah, bro, good one. You know, I've become that. You know, you have to go through a bunch of fail. You know, first time you fail, you hurt. And the second time you fail, you hurt. But after you fail over and over again, you don't understand it's a process. It's a way of life. I mean, without failure, you know, without failure, then you might as well just get. First of all, there is no guarantee in life. You know, you got to take some risk. So you might as well take some risk for yourself. Might as well take some calculated risk and go for it. You know, when you're, you know, on your deathbed, what do you want to do? You want to say, I played it safe? Or do you want to say, hey, I tried it. I fucked up, but I've tried it. Yeah, the worst day in your life would be hanging out on your deathbed with the dude or with the chick that you could have been, you know, like I think about that all the time and I'm like, Oh damn, man, I got to get up and go do something today. Now you're, you're operating these clubs. You're doing this. You, you are building the, the community. Community has become pretty big to you. Cause it seems like you're online constantly preaching about, you know, pouring into people. How are you doing that on a day to day basis? Do you do coaching? Do you do private coaching? Or do you just encourage the world? And No, I just, I, w- I was just encouraging the world. But recently, I started doing some private coaching, you know. And that's really is going to be my life work. 
you know, you know, my businesses are like uh, college kids now because they kind of have their own their own identity. You know, they're kind of running by themselves. They have CFOs and CEOs and accounts and attorneys and and you know they need me for advice now. You know, when they need me for advice, I'm 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 the big papa. They come for advice, but they don't need me day to day. You know, and now I feel like an empty nester. I feel like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I don't want to do, you know, you know, the kids are in school, you know, while the kids are in school, I got to do something. I can't just, just, you know, sit home. What am I going to do? Sit on Wednesday and watch Netflix? So you switched out Tupac for Big Papa. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And now all I want to do is that. When, when you meant college kids, just young people, like mentoring them yeah. and teaching them the things that you wish you could have done at yeah. that age. You know, anyone who needs guidance it can be college kids it can be older adult anyone that needs guidance anybody who needs to who wants to improve themselves and become better and i can have to shine some light on it it's an honor it's an honor nothing is more fulfilling than you helping someone become successful nothing is more fulfilling than that no amount of money i used to get that all the time when i own my gyms and i still do it i mean people still I don't know, my own gyms are like, hey, Sam, you changed my life. I lost this much weight, Sam. You know, because of your program, you know, I got off my medication. Sam, because of your program, I'm not depressed anymore. Sam, because of your program, you know, we couldn't have a kid. Now we, we can have children. You know, that was so fulfilling. But the next level of fulfillment is now when you really change someone's life financially and in every other aspect. Can you reflect on a mentor for you today? that said something to you or uh, someone that really you felt like helped level you up and, and bring you up to that new realization of your potential? Yeah, I have many mentors along the way, you know, and, you know, it's, it's crazy when you brainstorm and have a mentor who is already where you want to go. You know what I mean? You know, it's crazy. It just makes you think larger. You know, you can't be the biggest fish in the pond. You won't grow. I love putting myself in situations where I'm like uncomfortable. You know, for example, man, I mean, I put my, you know, we, we went to a, to, we were invited somewhere where there were just a bunch of billionaires. And I felt so poor. I felt like I felt so minuscule. You know, I'm going like, oh my God. This person owns the Sacramento Kings. This person owns the NFL. This this team. And this person has this. And I'm, and I'm going like, am I even supposed to be here? Then I remembered. Then I remembered that one of my mentors, one of my students, brought his mom and dad here. And his mom and dad, you know, they're blue color, you know. And when they came here, and they're like, well, we don't belong here. I'm like, what do you mean? They, they told him, you know, and I told him, what do, what do you mean they don't belong? Said, of course they belong here. They're just like anybody else. Why do they feel uncomfortable being in my house? But I, then I felt like that being in a billionaire's house. Then I checked myself. So, you know what? I do belong here. I want to see what's possible. So that's what the different levels is. When you are exposed to a bigger fish, you become bigger yourself.
And if you become the biggest fish, you got to go look other planets and got to go to Mars, man. Got to go to a different pond, find a different pond, find a different lake, find a different ocean. So with that said, if first of all, this has just been amazing. I mean, just the way you speak to people, it's really powerful. And I appreciate, you know, being here with you and, and soaking this up. Your team, you guys are all fantastic humans. How can people get more of Sam in their life if they want to, you know, either one, maybe even partake in your coaching or just to follow you on social media and continue enjoying the uh, the words? You know, you know, I'm uh, just Google me. I'm very Googleable, you know. <laughs> so just Sam, S-A-M, back T-R, B-A-K-H-T-I-A-R. If someone want to have a more intimate, close relationship with me, you know, you can text me, you know, 909 200 40 15 not you know that's 909 200 and i actually answer every text boom all right that was the most fire thing you just said today thank you <laughs> all bro. of a sudden it's just gonna be ringing non-stop <laughs> like yo my bad i was just kidding <laughs> no i love it man i love connecting with people man you know and you know it's it's an honor and privilege to be able to get back and be able to um be able to pay it forward there's so many people that have helped me along the way it's my time now. I love that. You're a good dude. Thank you, brother. All right, man. Till next time. We appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time. Peace.